0: This episode lives in the Dylan FM archives, and what you're about to hear is a 15-minute teaser edition. To hear the full show and every complete show in our archives, become an FM Plus subscriber. You can sign up in the Apple Podcast app or at fmpods.com. Get more details in the show notes. As a subscriber, you'll get access to over 400 episodes from this and other shows in the FM Pods network, and you'll be helping to make these shows possible. This is Dylan FM, the podcast that goes deep into the work and world of Bob Dylan. If you love Dylan, you're in the right place, with your host, Craig Daniloff.
1: A song is like a dream, Dylan writes in Chronicles, and you try to make it come true. They're like strange countries that you have to enter.
0: The first description of time out of mind in the new york times was bleak all music called it dark pitchfork said it was about life and its iterant lows and entertainment weekly called dylan a heartbroken crank the songs on time out of mind do seem to be about lost love desperation aging a look towards the end and coming to grips with what one might call a world gone wrong The word mortality came up in interviews, no doubt inspired not only by the music, but by the dangerous case of percarditis that Dylan went through just before the album was released. While the incident followed the recording of the album, the death of Jerry Garcia in 1995 is likely to have taken place nearer to the time of writing of these songs, and Dylan's father Abe Zimmerman passed away at the age of 56, the same age Dylan was in 1997. Of course, there's rarely just one level to what a Dylan song is or may be about. Our guest today has given a lot of thought to the possible meanings or influences or themes within or behind the songs on Time Out of Mind. And he wrote a book that shares the fascinating results of that work with us. Grayley Heron is a professor, the chair of the English department at Xavier University in Cincinnati, Ohio. He specializes in modern Irish literature, modern drama, Samuel Beckett, and Bob Dylan. Grayley Heron's book is called Dreams and Dialogues in Bob Dylan's Time Out of Mind. It was published by Anthem Press in 2021 and was recently released in paperback. There's a link in the show notes if you want to get a copy, and I recommend that you do. The central premise of the book is that Time Out of Mind represents a series of dreams, a conceit introduced with several pages of quotes and comments from Dylan himself talking about songs and dreams. Grayley argues that the songs on the album make up a single connected song cycle. A view Heron traces back to the great Paul Williams. From there, Grayley finds what he calls three dimensions of experience filtered through the songs. The first is murder ballads, the second is religious allegory, and the last is race in America. The bulk of the book is made up of him showing how the lyrics and songs reflect each of these dimensions. In the talk you're about to hear, Grayley summarizes and gives examples of his analysis of the lyrics of Time Out of Mind in relation to murder ballads. This is a recording of a talk he gave to our premium members a few months ago, and in the interest of time, he narrowed his focus to share just a sliver of one of the book's three theses. After his presentation, I asked a few questions, which you'll get to hear. While many of our episodes have longer versions for our premium members, in this case, you're going to hear Grayley's entire presentation and the discussion afterwards. Grayley did have slides so in this case, the benefit of being a premium member would be the chance to watch the video version, not only seeing Grayley speak, but seeing his slides as well. Please visit freakmusic.club join for more information. But for now, here's Professor Grayley Heron in the presentation he shared on the role of murder ballads in Time Out of Mind.
1: Well, uh, thanks, everyone, for uh, coming out or staying in for our virtual uh, uh, event. I am hugely honored to be invited. If you are watching this live stream, then you must already love Time Out of Mine, which makes my job a lot easier because I don't need to convince you of what a great work of art it is. Instead, I'm going to talk about certain things I hear going on individually and collectively in the songs recorded for Time Out of Mine. Uh, But let me first quickly say what this talk is not and what my book on Time Out of Mind is not. I do not presume to offer the correct, definitive, final word on what what Time Out of Mind really and truly and exclusively means. Uh, Like all great works of art, this album is open to a multitude of interpretations, and what you hear depends largely upon the perspective from which you listen and the interpretive approach you bring to bear on the songs. Now, look, I'm an English professor. I specialize in words. And so not surprisingly, a lot of what you're about to hear from me today and a lot of what you might read in the book focuses on themes and theories I've derived from Dylan's lyrics. That is not to say that the only thing that matters in Time Out of Mind is the lyrics or that the lyrics dwarf all other considerations like music, vocals, production values. I do not believe that at all. I acknowledge and appreciate the importance of the multiple elements and collaborations that contribute to the total effect of this album, and indeed to all of Dylan's art. I will leave it to others, more expert than me, to comment upon those nonverbal elements, and I look forward to hearing more about that from some of my fellow panelists and probably from some of you in our virtual audience. Uh, the little row that I'll be hoeing today is mostly lyrical, but it's a big field and I'm eager to learn from those working in other sections of Dylan's farm. All right, enough disclaimers. My book is called Dreams and Dialogues in Dylan's Time Out of Mind. So first, I'm going to say a bit about the dream framework of the album, and then I'll focus on some of the intertextual dialogues I hear between songs on the album and the musical tradition of murder ballads. A song is like a dream, Dylan writes in Chronicles, and you try to make it come true. They're like strange countries that you have to enter. Uh, Of course, you don't have to be an artist to be familiar with the surreal recombinational realm of dreams. We all know firsthand how dreams work. Dreams take the stuff from personal experience which happened in the past, combine it with fantasies of stuff that didn't happen, but that the dreamer desires or fears might happen, and mixes in references the dreamer is familiar with from the source from other sources like songs, books, movies, television, myths, legends, fairy tales. Dylan enters this strange country of dreams in time out of mind and allows those dreams to come through, come true through the songs. The album depicts a series of dreams from a fictional dreamer's perspective. I've listed some on screen, and you can probably think of others. These dream songs consist of pleasurable and painful experiences the dreamer had with a former lover, combines them with fantasies of things he wishes would happen or fears might happen between him and his ex, and mixes them with related experiences or fantasies from other sources, stored away in the dreamer's unconscious mind, but taken out and reanimated during the album's series of dreams. These reference points are wide-ranging and the album can look very different viewed from one lens rather than another. Dylan layers his references intertextually so that they unfold simultaneously, but for clarity's sake, I separate them out in my book into three main categories, murder ballads, religious allegory, and race in America. Today, I'm going to focus on that first layer of dreams drawn from and modeled after murder ballads. There is a long tradition in blues and folk music of murder ballads. Again, if you're listening to this program, the chances are you have some familiarity with these songs, so I'll keep my overview brief. Suffice it to say that murder ballads typically dramatize the buildup to and consequences from murdering a lover sometimes told in third person as a story, and sometimes in first person, usually from the killer's perspective. Murder ballads often involve a man luring a woman to a lonesome place and attacking her, in many cases to cover up a secret pregnancy or out of suspicion that she's been cheating on him. Some variations turn the tables and depict a woman killing a man, usually as vengeance for his infidelity. Traditional murder ballads culminate in the confession, contrition, and punishment of the killer. In other words, they tend to serve as cautionary tales warning against the wages of sin. Although murder ballads usually have a moralistic agenda, we should not overlook the rampant misogyny of the genre. Yeah, the killer, usually male, may pay the ultimate price for committing murder. Nevertheless, the singer gets a lot of musical mileage out of graphically reenacting the usually female victim's brutal slaying which always runs the risk of titillating audiences rather than horrifying them or warning them. It's usually the crime rather than the punishment that makes the deepest impression in these songs. Murder ballads were routinely included in the repertoire of folk singers in the late 50s and early 60s. For instance, Dylan's friend Paul Clayton recorded an entire album of them called Bloody Ballads. Uh, Dylan sang some murder ballads too, including Pretty Polly, and Omi Wise and uh, one of his earliest compositions, The Ballad of Donald White, is a pretty straightforward murder ballad. But his most important immersion in the murder ballad tradition came in the early 90s with his two folk albums, Good As I've Been to You in 92 and World Gone Wrong in 93. Um, several songs still covered on these albums were murder ballads, including some of his best performances like Frankie and Albert, Delia and Love, Henry. Singing these first-person accounts and inhabiting the perspectives of these killers apparently inspired Dylan to begin writing his own original murder ballads for Time Out of Mind.
0: Thanks for listening to this part of this episode. We hope you'll consider becoming an FM Plus subscriber to hear the full version of this and all of our shows. Sign up in the Apple Podcasts app or at fmpods.com.